1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. Everybody say, this is my Bible. Bible. It is the Word of God God. and the will of God God. for my life. life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness in God, in Christ Jesus. I am where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I am taught the Word of God. My life will never, 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 never be the same again. Give two people a high five before you are seated this morning. And don't be disobedient. Now, we're talking about four things we must confess. And really, this message that you're going to hear this morning is really fundamental to the message you hear at Faith Christian Center. And it'll explain a lot to you of why we believe the way we believe, why we do the things we do, and why we say the things that we say. And if you're new to the ministry, if you're new to Faith Christian Center, you might be wondering why we say such bold statements. Well, this this message this morning will answer that question for you. Because we're talking about four things that we must confess. And we've been dealing with how that In the parable of the sower, in Luke chapter 8, verse 11, in the parable of the sower, which, by the way, Jesus talked about how that you've got to understand this parable really to understand the kingdom of God. And this parable, the seed is the word of God. Everybody say, the seed is the word of God. God. So God's word is the seed that you plant for whatever it is you need to force the soil of your life to produce. Let me say that one more time, that God's word is the seed that you plant for what you need to force the soil in your life to produce. And part of the way that we force the soil of our life to produce is by confession or through confession. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it will eat the fruit thereof. So words spoken in faith will put positive pressure How many of y'all like positive pressure? Enough with negative pressure, amen. I like positive pressure. Put positive pressure on your circumstances. And you can force your circumstances to change for the better with God's word or through God's word. Because you realize that the earth is under a curse. Anybody that looks out in this earth knows the earth's under a curse. Anybody that has two eyes and two ears and a brain knows that the earth is under what? It's under a curse. 
So you have to force the earth to produce because it's under a curse, but that's okay because God has given us dominion. Say this, say, I have to force the earth to produce. Say this, I have to force my life to produce. And the power is in God's word. It's the word, it's the word, it's the word, it's the word. And then guess what? It's more of the word. That's where the power is. That's where the power is. That's why you, when people get off track, it's when they stop believing in the word of God. They stop believing that the word of God is God's voice in our life. When we do things our way, when we do something other than God's way, what we do is we circumvent God's word. And when you circumvent or when you go around God's word, you go around God's power. You cut yourself from God's power. So according to God's word, you are everything God says you are, regardless of whether or not you are presently experiencing all of God's word in every area of your life. What are you saying, Aaron? I'm saying that God sees you through his word, no matter whether you feel like it or not, no matter whether you see it manifested in your life already or not, God sees you through his word. So the first thing we must confess we talked about is who we are in Christ. You can go back and listen to those messages. The second thing we must confess is where we are in Christ. And to live a victorious life, you've got to know your position or you've got to know your standing of your life with Jesus Christ. For example, I might ask you, where do you stand on this position? Or what's your position what you're standing with your relationship with so-and-so. In other words, are y'all communicating? Are you, you know, what's your position with that person? Well, the most important question we can ask is what is our standing with God? Because that's where the power comes from. That's where the victory comes from. And the reality is, is that many Christians live in defeat. Many Christians live in oppression. Many Christians live even in depression because they simply don't know their position in Christ. They don't know where they stand with God. So the second thing we must confess is where we are in Christ. Where are we in Christ? We've been crucified with Christ. Everybody say, I have been crucified, have been crucified. With, Christ. with Christ. Where are we in Christ? We have died with Christ. Everybody say, I have died with Christ. Died with Christ. Everybody say, where we are in Christ? We have been raised with Christ. Say, I have been raised with Christ. And where we are in Christ, we have ascended with Christ. Everybody say, I have ascended with Christ. I have ascended with Christ. So even though Christians may see themselves as being crucified, died, and risen with Christ, far too many Christians are still defeated in their lives. And you have to understand our perspective at Faith Christian Center is that if what you believe and if what you're doing is not effective in your life, what good is it? We are not hanging on until we die and we can enter into the city of God. That's not what we do at Faith Christian Center. We take what God has given us, who we are in Christ, and where we are in Christ, and we live it out in our daily lives. Everybody say, there is more. more. Tell your neighbor, say, there's more. Tell your other neighbor, say, you need to listen up, because there's more. 
So the most important thing and the part most Christians leave out, if you talk to most Christians they, and you say, have you been crucified with Christ? Yes, they talk about the crucifixion. They talk about the cross. Have you died with Christ? Yes, Christ died for my sins. I believe that. Have you been raised with Christ? Yes, because if Christ wasn't raised from the dead, there is no, uh, there is no remission of sins. There is no taking away of our sins if Christ did not rise from the dead. But then that's where they stop. And they leave out the part where we have been ascended with Christ. And we started dealing with this last week, and we, we left off in Ephesians chapter 1, in verse 21, where Paul tells us Christ has been seated far above. Everybody say, far above. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Everybody say, not only in this age. So see, he's been seated far above, far above. That, that leaves out nothing, right? That includes everything, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every title that can be given not only in the present age but also in the one to come so that's why we do not tolerate any work of the enemy we don't tolerate it we don't put up with it anybody here have kids Wow, okay. It's not a trick question, it's okay. Right. If you ever had kids before, you know that there's certain things you do not tolerate. One of them is what? Bad attitudes. Right? You don't tolerate it. So if there's a bad attitude, what do you do? I'm glad we're talking about this this morning, because y'all, y'all look a little confused. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You deal with it. Everybody say you deal with it. You don't just shake it off and go, ah, it's just a teenager. Ah, that's just... no, 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 no. You look at them and you deal with it. Now, how you deal with it might be different than the way I deal with it. You know. You know. You you uh, you you might look at them and I might say, look, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We are not doing this. Do you hear me? We are not doing this. How many of you have ever tried to say it real nice, right? And they keep what? They keep doing it. And then you try to say it again, and what happens? They keep doing it. And then all of a sudden, that parent voice comes out. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Look, we are not doing this. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right? So in other words, we don't tolerate it. We don't tolerate it. So we don't tolerate any work of the enemy. John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Or the NIV says, have it to the full. So we don't tolerate anything. We don't tolerate it. Why? Because where we are seated with Christ, we are far above all rule, all authority, all power and dominion and every title that can be given. That can be given. We don't permit any work of the enemy in our lives. 
Now, in your life, you have dominion, not the devil. Are you hearing me? Everybody say, say, in my life, I have dominion, not the devil. Now, look, the world doesn't know how to handle this. The world doesn't know how to handle this. Years ago, I was watching a, uh, I was watching a news story on a famous news program, and they were talking about there was a, a, a czar in, in, the, in the administration at that time, and they were talking about how to deal with alcoholism. And, they, you know, they don't know how to deal with alcoholism. I mean, they, they, they try, but, you know, they don't know how to deal with alcoholism. And so this person was saying, who was in charge of the government, was saying that we now believe that alcoholism has everything to do with something that happens in the brain. Listen, listen. You can't deal with spiritual things from a natural perspective. See, what, what, what makes us different than the world is the fact that we have dominion over our lives. We have authority over our lives. So that's why we don't let anything keep us in bondage. We don't let anything come in and hold us down or hold us back because we know where we are in Christ. We know where we are. In your life, you have authority, not the devil. In your life, you have control, not the devil. Everybody say that. Say, I have control. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, I have control. I have control. As a matter of fact, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-control. Self-control. It's not God-control. It's what? Now, why would it say, that always puzzled me growing up. Why would it say self-control? Why wouldn't it say God-control? Well, because God has given you the ability to have self-control. So we don't walk life like everybody else. We don't do life like everybody else because we know where we are seated in Christ. All right, so let's get to new ground. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Because there is a place in God where you can rise above the circumstances. There is a place in God where you can rise above the circumstances. Ephesians chapter 2 starting on verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ or alive in Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Verse 6, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him. With who? With him. Who's him? Christ. In the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So when Father God made Jesus alive, he made us alive. When he, Christ was raised from the dead, you and I were raised from the dead along with him. And when Christ ascended on high, you and I ascended with him. So how is it, if I have been seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, explain to me how it is that I'm supposed to accept defeat? Explain to me how I, why I am supposed to accept defeat. Oh, well, 
It's, you know, you never, you never know. Defeat might be God's plan. I just read to you 2 Corinthians before, after the worship service, that he always leads us in triumphal what? Procession. He always leads us in what? Triumphal procession. So see, if there's any area in my life where I am experiencing defeat, it's not on God. Who is it on? It's on me. And what do I need to do? I need to address it through the authority and power that Jesus has given me. I don't hide from it. I don't run from it. And I'm certainly not scared of it. I address it through the faith and where I am in Christ Jesus. So are you going to let circumstances whip you? No. You going to let COVID whip you? No. You going to let some relative whip you? No. No way, right? Are you going to let the system or religious people tell you what you can achieve and have in this life? No. That was pretty weak. Yeah, no. No. You got to say no. See, y'all got some bark on you, man, like, like that testimony, that young, that young adult, right? That righteous anger. Amen. No. <laughs> see, some of y'all still refuse to say it because, see, you don't understand, you you're not, you're, you got to get your, your mind around. See, why are we doing that? We're not doing that just because we're trying to be positive, this isn't some mental exercise we're doing like the world does when they meditate. We are doing this and we are saying it based upon the fact of where we are in Christ. So Satan's doing, trying to do, trying to kill from you, trying to steal from you, trying to destroy you. You got you to stand up and say what? No. That's a little bit better. You're getting there. You're getting warmed up. Well, you might say, well, brother, and how about this? Paul said, how about this? He raised us together and seated us with together in Christ so that we can prosper in the welfare office. Well, brother Aaron, Paul said, he raised us together and seated us together in the junkyard. Well, brother Aaron, Paul said, he raised us up together and seated us together in the goodwill store. Well, brother Aaron, Paul said, he raised us up together and seated us together in the place where they sell day-old bread. Where are we seated? We are seated at the right hand of God the Father. That's where we're seated. That's where we are. That's where we are. Yet, this is exactly the mentality that too many Christians have today. They let the government or the culture, or religion, or religious people tell that how much they should have in this life. Listen, listen, I don't care what the world says. They are not my source. God is my source. You can't have that. Says who? Says who? Some of y'all need to come on Wednesday nights. Romans 8, 32. He did not spare his own son, but graciously gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? How many things? All things. All things. And this is, to be, this is, to be frank, 
This is why this place is not necessarily packed out this morning. It's because people want to come here about how they can live their life the way they live. You know, whatever happens is God's will. And, you know, whatever goes on, you know. And, boy, I'm, I got, you know, I've got this affliction and I've got that affliction. And I'm, I'm carrying it because I'm humble for the Lord and all this kind of stuff. They want to hear that. They don't want to come in and hear about, wait, wait, wait. If you've been experiencing stealing, killing, and destroying your life, it's not God's will. And it's not God's plan for your life. And as a matter of fact, it's not even God's fault. It's us. Because we haven't stood up and said what? We're not putting up with it. You can't have our kids. You can't have our kids. You can't have, you can't, you can't have, uh, no, 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 no. You can't have that. You can't have my marriage. Amen. They let the news media tell them what they should and should not have in this life. Dear Lord, if you did that, we'd be hiding in a cave right now with bubble wrap all wrapped around us. <laughs> Amen? Amen? They say you should have this little bit and no more. But praise God, we are not limited. We are not constrained. We have been raised with Christ and we have ascended with Christ. We are in Christ in the place far above all rule, authority, and power, and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Gosh, what what a glorious life you have given us, Father. Oh, my gosh, what a magnificent life the Christian life is. Oh, my gosh. That's why the only fight we fight is the good fight of faith. We fight the good fight of faith. Why does Paul call it good? Because we win. We win. Everybody say, I win. Now listen, this is, an ex- this is an extremely important concept right here. This is an extremely important concept right here that I'm about to say that will revolutionize your life if you will hear it, retain it, and put it to action in your life. We are not to fight people. Amen? Amen. We are not even to fight the devil. We're not called to fight the devil. We're called to resist the devil. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourself then to God, then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The little translation right there could say, He will run in terror from you. So see, I'm not trying to fight the devil. I don't need to fight the devil. The devil has already lost. So I'm not trying to do something. I'm not trying to, to and this is, this is, you know, we Christians, you know, we want to we try to do this and try to do that, you know, try to get all ramped up for this and all ramped up for that. And all. Listen, that's not our job. Our job is simply to walk in the authority that Jesus has already given us. So my job is to stand at the door of my house and say, no, Satan, we don't accept that. And you've got to leave and you know it. Because I don't stand at the the front door of my house in the name of Aaron Wood. 
I don't stand even at the front door of the house in the name of Faith Christian Center. I stand at the front door of my house in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is seated at the right hand of, of Father God. And because he is there, that's where I am seated. Amen. So I'm not fighting the devil. I'm simply taking dominion over. Why? Why do we have to do that? Because the earth's in a curse. The earth's in a curse. So if you leave things to their own devices, what are you going to get? The curse. If you leave it to its own device, what are you going to get? The curse. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get the curse. So we don't go into the ring to find out who the champion is. No, we go into the ring because we are the champions. We are the champions. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. And, and people have a difficulty with this because God sees your problem different than the way you see it. God sees your problem different than the way you see it because God sees it from the place of victory. And so sometimes we as human beings have a hard time with this because we go to God and we want him to feel sorry for us and we want him to, to you know, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, hug us or whatever, whatever it may need. Listen, I don't need him to hug me. I need him to get the, get Satan out of my life. That's what I need. Amen. Right. Amen. And so a lot of times what happened, the reason why I said at the beginning of this message, this is, this will explain faith Christian center to you is because a lot of people, look, there are preachers, man, they can hit your, they can pull your strings on your heart and man, they can make you feel a certain way. I mean, that's what they're doing right now. They're making people feel a certain way. But listen, I can try to make you feel a certain way, but it, it won't do you any good whatsoever. I could come in here and try to identify with everybody and say, oh, yes, this, and oh, yes, this, but that's not going to do you any good whatsoever. whatsoever. So when you come to Faith Christian Center, we're going to tell you, what the word says. And you young adults need to listen up to what I'm telling you here. And some of y'all need to come back because that's exactly why you don't like this place is because when you come in this place, we're not going to hug you and say, hey, it's okay. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, you'll find yourself. You be you and I'll be me. No, no, no. You be who you are in Christ is who you should be. So when you come in here, when you come in here, do we, do we sympathize with those? Yes. Do we, do we mourn with those who mourn? Yes, absolutely. But guess what? Guess what? We are here to proclaim the word of faith, the word of truth, which is the word of what? Victory. Everybody say, it's a word of victory. So when you go to God, God does, you know, God doesn't see what you see. He sees what his word says. Romans 4, 17, the God who calls things that are not as though they what? 
So you go to God and say, God, man, I'm, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. He's saying, no, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed. You're, God, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke. I'm, no, you're not. You're prosperous. You're, you're rich, you're rich, you're rich, you're rich. No, well, well, God, no, I, I, I'm struggling. I'm confused, I'm confused, I'm confused. He's like, no, 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 here's the plan, here's the plan, here's the plan, here's the plan, here's the plan. Sow and reap, sow and It's not complicated. It's not difficult. Get your, get your, I almost said something, get your bottom in church. Get your, where are we? Get your bottom in church. I mean, so when people come to God, sometimes they get put off because he doesn't see things the way you see them. Because he's coming from the place of victory. So what you have to do, what I have to do, what we all have to do is renew our minds and our mentalities to that same perspective. That same perspective. Because knowing who you are makes a difference when you know who you are. Your whole attitude is different. Your whole attitude is different. I'm going to tell a story on myself because... I'll talk to myself this afternoon when I tell a story of myself. But during Snowmageddon, um, you know, towards the end of the week, we got to the point where we were doing pretty good electricity. It was 45 minutes on, 45 minutes off, you know, all that kind of stuff. And finally, electricity was on the whole time. But then, of course, you know, the water issue that we had, right? And then where we lived, we started losing water pressure. And it was towards the end of the week, so the, the temperature was starting to rise, and so the snow was starting to melt, Oh, well, so that, that morning, that Thursday morning, my wife says, you know what, if we don't have water, how are we going to use the restroom? And that's a legitimate question. And so she goes, well, why don't you go get some snow out there and put it in the bathtub and so it'll melt and so we'll have some water to use so we can use the restroom. I thought, oh, that's a great, that's a great, it's good to, good to marry a smart woman. Guys, are you hearing me? Marry a smart woman. Don't marry a woman that goes, I don't know, what should we do, right? No, you marry a woman that's smart. And, yeah, ladies, y'all should have helped me out a lot. I know y'all aren't married age yet, but y'all don't know me. But anyways, and so I, we, I got my youngest son out there, and we're, we're out there, and we've got some containers, and we're shoveling the snow, and we're putting it in containers, and we take it in, we're putting it in the, in the bathtubs, and we're going back and forth, and it's starting to warm up, and it's getting hot, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like sweating and all this stuff. I'm doing all this work, all this work, all this work, all this work doing all this work. And so we finally got one bathtub full because it takes a lot of snow to, to fill a bathtub. So we got one bathtub full. And then I'm walking by, and the back of our house has got windows out to our, to our backyard. We have a pool in our backyard. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking. And all of a sudden... <laughs> I go, wait a second. <laughs> I have a pool. <laughs> Guess what they put in pools? Water. Water. And it's already melted. <laughs> and I thought, I turned to my wife and said, what am I doing? <laughs> I told my young son, put the shovels up, man. If we need water, all I can do is go dip my bucket into the, into the pool water and bring it in. That's all I, but see, that's what Christians do. I was literally, I was literally two feet from the pool. I was two feet from the pool. I even said to myself, man, I better not fall in the pool because I would be cold. Man, I better better not fall in that pool, man. I bet it's cold. Man, 
doing all this work. Oh, my gosh. Lord, help us. How much more do I get? Maybe one bathtub will be in. No, and, and my answer is sitting right there, two feet from me. And I say that, all that to say this, that that's what Christians do, man. They're over here trying to work this up, and they're trying to work that up. And there's, the, there's God, your source, sitting right there next to you. And all you got to do is tap into the resource that God has and the victory that God has already proclaimed for your life and walk in it. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. So see, a Christian lifestyle is not about struggle. It's not about struggle. It's not. Now that offends some people. And some people come in, and maybe you've struggled your whole life. Well, guess what? You can stop. Now, we're not talking about being lazy. But what we're talking about is we're talking about being effective and efficient in what God has given us. So we, we got to do it his way. Everybody say, I got to do, do it his way. So what do you got? You got to develop a new vision for who you are in Christ. Develop a new vision for where you are in Christ. See yourself as a winner. See yourself as a winner. See yourself as a champion. See yourself as being always on top and never on the bottom. See yourself as the head, not the tail. Everybody say, I am a winner. I am a winner. Say, I'm a victor. I'm a victor. In, Christ in Christ Jesus. Say, I'm a champion in Christ. Everybody say, I have ascended with Christ. So how is it that we are victorious over Satan? Well, look at Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. The 72 returned with what? They returned with what? Now listen, we're not even talking about the 12 apostles here. We're talking about the 72. So they, 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 they are given instructions from the Lord. They go out, they come back, and they have joy, and they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now, look, I touched on this a little last week, but I want to emphasize this again. Notice what they returned with. With joy. Tell your neighbor, say, with joy. Tell your neighbor, say, with joy. Listen, joy is a part of this new life. Joy is a part of this new life. Joy is a part of this new life. That's why we come in here. We're rejoicing. We're not sad. We're not downcast. We're rejoicing. We're rejoicing. We're rejoicing. We're rejoicing. We come with joy. Everybody say, I come with joy this morning. Let me read you a couple of scriptures. Psalm chapter 5, verse 11. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Isaiah 12, 3. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. With what? Joy. With what? Joy. With joy you will draw from the waters of the wells of salvation. Isaiah 55, 12. After the scripture that talks about how his ways are higher than our ways and how his word will not return to him void, look what it says, verse 12. You will go out in joy. You will go out in what? And be led forth in peace. In what? Peace. I love this. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. Hallelujah. Amen. In other words, in other words, where you go, 
the joy goes. Where you go, the peace goes. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. That's better than Disney, amen? Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. 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 And so they will inherit a double portion in their land, and everlasting joy will be theirs. John 15, 11, Jesus said, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. You think Jesus is sad this morning? You think Jesus is crying this morning? You think Jesus is full of joy this morning? Yes. His joy is in you so that your joy may be complete. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Oh, here's a powerful scripture. Be joyful when it's going good for you. Be joyful how often? Always. How often? Always. Turn over and say, you need to smile. Now be nice about it. How is it, Aaron, that I'm supposed to be joyful always? Because you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. And you have been given power and authority. Now, these men that Jesus talked to, they hadn't been, they're not even born again. Jesus hadn't even died yet. His death had not even taken place. They're not even filled with the Holy Spirit. They don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. These men were just disciples, followers of Jesus, who had been given a special dispensation of authority. Jesus told them to heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out devils. So how much authority should we have as born-again, spirit-filled, blood-washed, word-speaking believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We must know what authority we have, and we must use the authority that has been given, delegated to us. And I love this. They returned with joy, and they said, Lord, even the demons submit to your name, even the demons submit to us. But look at verse 18. He replied, I love his reply. It's so cool. Of course. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. What is he saying? I was there, man. You don't have to tell me. I was there. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. In other words, I know he's under my feet. I know he's under my feet. I saw it with my own eyes. I was there. I was there. And then look what he says in verse 19. I have given you authority. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. How much of the power of the enemy? How much of the power of the enemy? How much of the power of the enemy? Nothing will harm you. Now, C.S. Lewis says this in his book, Mere Christianity. He talks about, he was making the argument for God, making the argument for Christ to non-believers. It's a series of radio broadcasts he did in England back in the 40s and 50s. 
And he gets to the point, he's making this argument, he builds up this argument, then he gets to the point where he, he brings in Christ and he says, look, there's only three ways you can handle Jesus. There's only three ways. Number one, you think he's telling the truth. Or number two, you think he's lying. Or number three, you think he's crazy. He was either telling the truth, he's lying, or he's crazy. Because look at that statement. Go and put that statement back up on the screen. Look at that statement in verse 19. I have given you all authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome how much of the power of the enemy? All. How much? All. Now look, either he was telling the truth or he wasn't. And I'm not in the business of calling Jesus a liar. And Jesus is not like your relative that just says things to say things. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, everything you hear me say, the Father has said it to me. In other words, everything you hear me say lines up exactly with the Father. So he's not just saying words. So it's either true or it's not. Or he was loony. Because we've seen some loony people to think they're the Christ down there in Waco. Outside of Baylor, what a coincidence. Anyways, that's a different story. Just joking. Kind of. But anyways. He's either telling the truth or he's not. He's either telling the truth or he's not. Okay, so we're Bible-believing, spirit-filled, blood-bought, redeemed, word-believing Christians at Faith Christian Center. Amen. So we take him at his word. Amen. Okay, we take him at his word. But wait, but wait. Well, if that's true, then why are some people here defeated today? If that's true, then why are some people here that are making big mistakes? If that's true, then why are some people here they're sick because you have to stand up and say, no, Satan, in the name of Jesus and walk in the authority and in the power that he's given you. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to stand up and do it. You got to stand up and do it. So if there's any area of your life, if there's any area of your life that the Satan is stealing, killing, and destroying from you, you got to stand up and say, no, I'm not taking it anymore. And if there's any area of your life that you're experiencing God's goodness and you're experiencing the life he has for you, you've got to guard it. You've got to guard it. Because Satan's going to come in and try to steal kill and destroy but you got to say nope in Jesus name you don't belong here now look Hollywood tries to make Satan look like he's some massive force some spectacular force but I'm not fighting him I'm not fighting him I'm simply telling him what has already been done for me so that's why when you come here when you come here and he said, will you pray with me? I'll agree with you on the word of God. Yeah. 
what God says about your life. When I was at SMU, I was uh, my first my first year. I realized that you know you're not in school nearly as much as you are in high school, so there's a lot of free time. So I just I just got a job at a denominational church down the road in their recreation department, and I was working working with them like after school after school type stuff. And there was a a, a very nice, very nice man that worked uh, with me. Loved God, loved God, loved even. How many of y'all know there's people in denominational churches even love God? Amen. Amen. Love God, but he. The reason why he moved down was for uh, circumstances in his life, and there was another person that worked with us, and they found out that he had brain tumors. So we would do this league for the adults, for the guys to do like a basketball league. And so we're there and they all get together and pray before we play the game and we're sitting there. And so this wonderful man that I, that was very nice to me, loves God, got there and he prayed the worst prayer I have ever heard in my entire life. Not, not because he didn't love God, because he obviously didn't know or was never taught or possibly maybe he rejected parts of the word of God and he prayed this prayer about, Lord, you know, we know he's going to die. You know, the family this and the family that and all this kind of stuff. And I just walked away and I went, oh my gosh. Note to self, never ask this guy to pray for me. And that's what pastor's been saying the last few weeks. That's what's been on his mind. He's been saying it's been on his mind that all these people, they love God, they love God, they love God, but they're not walking in the victory of God. What's the difference? It's because they're not standing up and walking in the authority that they have in Jesus Christ. But that's why we here at Faith Christian Center say that's not going to be us. We're going to walk in all the victory that God has in store for us. Can I get a witness? Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.